Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning. Did you guys see that? That it was a, it was a, Did you guys see that? You have, to do, you have to do that with that beat. You just have to. Uh, glad you guys are here. Welcome. If you're a guest, if you're joining online, we love you. We're so glad you are. Jo- okay, we do. We actually love you. All right, what's up, yo? We're good? You guys good? Okay, good, great. All right, so we are in a series about relationships, and it's been like seven weeks, okay? And because we want to get it right, relationships are tough, they're hard, they're essential, right? It's, it's so true, right? Because the people we share our lives with end up shaping our lives. And sometimes uh, the quality of our lives is connected to the people around us. I mean, for example, you love your job, maybe you love your job, but there are people at your job that you do not love. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope they don't come to Mosaic. Then it's going to be, it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird. Yeah, right. There are people in your life, in your neighborhood, like you just like, I just, you know, if they weren't around, it would be great. How many of you have prayed, hey, would God, would you just pray this neighbor moves? <laughs> Their market is so good right now. Move. Right? Like, yeah, it's true. Now, I work with uh, some amazing people. I am truly, truly blessed, grateful. Yes. Uh, just so you know, the first clap was someone from, from our staff. So, uh, uh, but I do work with some amazing uh, people, and we, uh, we have so much fun together. But sometimes it gets hard to work with people, right? It gets hard. But let me show you, for example, uh, of a video that uh, Pastor Kristen made. Uh, can, can we see this? I think we have it, right? Yeah. Let's see if we can see this figure out what happened. I need y'all to understand um, a couple things. Number one, this is creamer. It's a dairy product. It has to go in the fridge. This is a fridge. This right here is a fridge. It keeps things cold and it keeps them from, well, let me, let me show you what it keeps it from happening. Can you see that? Can you see all the black? I hope you can see inside. I really hope you can see in there. It's disgusting. And the smell, there are two creamers left out in the conference room from God knows when. So, yeah. Put it in the fridge. All right. So, I, I would just say, she's a little sarcastic there. She's a little, you know, would Jesus really do that? I don't know. Would he make a video? So, you see, she doesn't just make video for TikToks. No, she makes videos for us, people, for our staff, for our staff. But we're still trying to figure out who this person was. We still are. We still. But apparently, uh, we've got a clue of who might be this person. Uh, this morning um, at my house, all of a sudden, I didn't know I was being filmed. But anyways, I'm not judging anybody but my wife uh, who's here. So she made a video, too. So you, wanna get, you guys want to see that one? It's short, but okay. I don't. Okay, whatever. Let's see it. Um, are you going upstairs? Yeah. Okay. 
I was just checking to see if you were going upstairs. Listen, I'm a joy to be with. What are you guys talking about? Yes. Creamer. Watch out for creamers. Right. Right. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun. So this has been really great for us to kind of talk through. Uh, and that's why we're going to talk about just the art of being with Naeem today. No. No, we're going to talk about the art of hospitality. Now, uh, we've had some conversations this, this, this past series, and if you have not, you know, watched any one of those or you just watch in or you just jumped on, it would really be great for you to go back and you can get all of them on YouTube, Spotify, all the things. But uh, today I want to talk about hospitality because as I was talk, thinking about this, we've talked about forgiveness, truth, humility, things that are essential to relationships, authenticity, Vulnerability, we've talked about those. But as I was looking into hospitality, I thought, man, it is so uh, important and essential to relationships. Because it's not just, uh, it's not just, uh, it's just that we, we see re- hospitality show up in so many different ways in our lives. And in fact, God actually says, hey, this is something that you and I need to be good at. Hospitality, the definition of hospitality is, is basically this, to, uh, to, gen, uh, to kindly and generously um, entertain or host strangers, visitors, or guests. That's what hospitality is. You have experienced great hospitality. Others of you, you know when you have, that a place has seriously lacked hospitality. You feel it, don't you? You feel it. Now, question is, are you hospitable? Am I hospitable? And why is this so important and essential to relationships? Well, check this out. There's a passage of scripture here, and it's pretty interesting. It says, it's in Philippians, okay? Philippians, it says this. It says, I'll read to you. It says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made a difference in your life, if being in a community of the spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, like, okay, he's trying to really get to the point. He's like, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be, um, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Yeah, wow. Okay, let's just, let's just read that part again, the last part. Okay, repeat after me. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Which is really interesting. When you read this passage, I think, you know, if we could just do this, in the, if the Church of America could just do this passage, it would be good. But it's so tough, isn't it? It's so hard for a community of people, uh, of Christians all over, to really just focus on what is really important. Because we'd rather focus on other things. And I think part of it is this idea of how we treat other people. You see, I'm convinced of this more and more. That your spirituality and my spirituality hinges on this. Not how you treat God, but how you treat other people. Like God would even say, okay, I know you say great things about me, but what do you say about so-and-so? I know you praise me, but do you know you cuss out so-and-so? Like, I think our spirituality is marked by, and our love for God is marked by, how we treat other people. Now, why is that so important in relationships? Have you ever been in a relationship 
with a person or you know a person and it's always about them. It's always about them. It's so tough to be in a relationship with people who are all about themselves. And in fact, when people end up focusing so much on themselves, some say that it goes into like extreme narcissism. They get prideful. It's, it's, it's like everything is surrounded, centered around them. Everything should orbit around them. But then others of us, when we focus on ourselves, we get the opposite. We basically end up being so consumed with who we are and what we do not have and what we're lacking that depression sometimes comes in. And psychologists have said this, and they've, they've said, you know, that, that, that there's a physical activity that people can do to get out of your head. And that one physical activity is to go and volunteer or go serve someone else. So if you've ever been in a season, or if you know someone um, that struggles with just being so maybe down and out and always negative, the key to that, and maybe for some of you, it's, it's the season you're in. The key to that is to get up and actually serve some other people. To get up and actually be, contribute to other people and live, live in their world a little bit. It's, it's that. And for some of us, we, we go, I don't know, I've been in this relationship, I've been in this friendship with this person, but right now they're just all about themselves. And it's true. And how do you get out of that? Of course, you can go to therapy. Of course, you can go get medication. Of course, all those things are important. Of course, you can pray about it. But if there's a physical activity, it's about other people. See, hospitality basically is this, is your focus and my focus on other people. How do we treat other people? See, I know there are people that you know, you know, that you're like, oh, I like them. I, can, I, I like them, but I would never invite them to the party. You're like, no, no, this person will just take over. Like, I, I can't do this. Because there are people in our lives that struggle so much with just getting out of themselves. And the t- problem is that we don't understand scripture. Like when it says here, forget yourself long enough to, help a, uh, to lend a helping hand. Here's what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that here's what I need you to understand. You and I need to think of ourselves less and think of others more. Think of ourselves less and think of others more. Now, that's a, there's a big difference between this. There's a difference between thinking less of yourself and more of other people, which we tend to live in. We, t- we tend to live in the reality. We, we, li- we live in, like, uh, basically, I'm thinking less of myself. Like I'm thinking I'm just, and, and more of other people because obviously their lives are awesome because that's what Facebook and Instagram says. Like that's the life we live. But hospitality says, no, I'm going to do a mature thing. I'm going, to, um, I'm going to get to a point where I'm actually thinking of myself less and thinking of other people's needs more. That's what it is. It, relationally, you need it because it's impossible to live with people in your life that is basically they're 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 all about themselves, and you know this. And for some of us, we gotta we 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 are those people. So can I challenge you? Maybe you're just so focused right now on yourself. Maybe it's grief. Maybe it's pain. Maybe it's something else. 
But could God be saying in this message to you, hey, the key for you to be in deep relationships and friendships is actually for you to step out and think of other people. This seems like a very like, oh, this is not a spiritual conversation, but it, it in fact is extremely spiritual. And sometimes we think of, you know, when God says, hey, love people as I've loved you, we go, okay, 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 but give me the important stuff. Like sometimes we just go, no, no, give me some, something deeper. No, no, love people as I've loved you. Yeah, 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 but give me something else. And we, we forget that the, the, the most spiritual things that God wants us to step into are very much relational things. For example, let me read you this passage in Hebrews. Hebrews uh, 13, Paul writes this. He says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. By, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to what? Angels without knowing it. Now, is that true? Like, could that be true? I've heard stories about that. I mean, my personal story with coming to faith is very, you know, sci-fi and supernatural. Yeah. So I kind of I I understand that. But, it, but what God is saying is, hey, it is important, so important, that you show hospitality to people. Treating others, the way you treat others is extremely spiritual. Which should be extremely convicting to, to me and to you. Like it comes down to this. So let me show you, let me show you in the life of a person that I think most of us have heard about. Do, have we heard about this guy named Abraham? Anybody know Abraham? Okay. All right. What do we know about Abraham, right? We know is that he had many sons. And many sons had father Abraham. And you are one of them and so are you. And let's just praise the Lord, right? Like that's what we know. Some of you guys are like, what just happened? What is happening? This is a cult. No, it's not. It's not a cult. I had to learn this song. First of all, I just thought, why does he only have sons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's write that. So, so I was trying to make up the song with fathers and daughters and didn't rhyme. So I was like, okay. okay. We know Father Abraham because he, it goes back to him when it comes to like a lot of... Middle Eastern cultures, right? Father of Abraham. We also know something else about uh, Abraham, and that is he lied about something, like a really big lie, which you could never lie about and then actually be in a relationship. You guys remember that? So, so uh, his wife was Sarah, and he lied about Sarah telling people that she was his sister. How many guys could get away with that lie and still be married, right? He did it twice, okay? So we're like, what's going on? Partly because it, she kind of was, kind of was. Like my, my, my parents are first cousins. Don't judge me, okay? Um, and um, so she was his cousin. But here's the deeper story. The deeper story is not that uh, we know him as a father of many nations. Not that the story that he lied about certain things. Um, no. Why was Abraham chosen by God to be the guy? Like, has anybody thought about that? And so, as you look at Eastern cultures, if you, as you look at Jewish history, they have this uh, midrash, which is a writing, uh, writings of uh, 
of, of Hebrew and Jewish culture, and they tell stories about who Abraham was. And it's really fascinating when you do a deep dive on who Abraham was. What we also realize is Abraham was the guy who pleaded for or pleaded with God for Sodom and Gomorrah. If you've heard of Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the place that God destroyed, he's the guy who pleaded with God for Sodom and Gomorrah. He's also the guy, friends, that when you look at the lineage, you realize that Sarah could not have a baby, but he knew that getting married to her. He actually knew who she was, and she, he picked her on purpose. Like if you go back and you realize, okay, you look at the lineage, you realize something that why was Sarah and Abraham together? He picked her because Sarah's dad died young when she was, she was, she was young. And, and there was no one to take care of her. There is a backstory of Abraham which blows my mind. Now, I tell you this because, again, why did God choose to bless Abraham and use him to shape even, not just the ancient world, but even our world right now? Because there was a quality about Abraham that God loved. And that quality was connected for his love and care for other people. He was one of the most hospitable people. He always cared about other people. So he marries this woman knowing that she cannot have a baby, knowing that, and chooses her to be his wife. They live together. Then, as you remember, God told Abraham to leave his country. You remember that? Leave his home. To, to leave his home is to leave his Badoff, which Badoff actually means in Jewish language, it means not just physical home, but to leave the legacy of your father. Leave the legacy of the, the, like the, the family that you've created. It's not just, um, hey, I'm going to live somewhere else in North Carolina because I'm in Charlotte. No, no, no. It's like I'm going to Singapore and I'm going to move there and I'm no longer connected to my family. Why is this all important? Because when Abraham did this, he basically said that my line, my lineage will die with me. Like, so he married on purpose this lady. And he was okay with this one thing that no one was okay with back in those days. And that was, they were not okay with their lineage dying. But he did it. And that is why God says, hey, to you, I'm going to come and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. It's, there's a reason behind that. And there's a particular passage that I think gives us some practical things on how uh, hospitality should work in our lives. So I'm going to take you to Genesis 18. Now, Genesis, a lot of the chapters there talk about Abraham. But in this particular passage, God has already told Abraham he's going to be a father of many nations. He's already told him all this stuff. Okay? But this, this, this particular day, something interesting happens. Now, when I read this passage... Okay, it's in the paraphrase translation, uh, just because I, I think it's easier to understand. But also, even though it's easier to understand, it's hard. Because you're like, who is God? What's going on? Let's just jump into it. Okay? So here's what it says. It says, God appeared to Abraham at the Oaks of Memory while he was sitting at the entrance 
of his tent. It was the hottest part of the day. It was the what? Help me out. Hottest part of the day. Okay. It was one of those days where you're like, you know, you have all those plans. And you're like, it's just too hot. It's just too hot. Like last week here, it was crazy. Okay. It was here. Crazy. Um, he looked up and he saw three men standing there. Three men. And he ran from his tent to greet them and bowed, up, bowed down before them. He said, Master, if it pleases you, stop for a while with your servant. I'll get some water so you can wash your feet. Rest under this tree and I'll get some food to refresh you on your way. Since your travels have brought you across my path. So what happened here? What happens here is this story is about these angels, God, we, we're not quite sure. They come down, they, they kind of walk by, they see Abraham, Abraham sees them. And Abraham does something here which is really profound. I could read the whole chapter because he goes into detail on what he does for them. Like he cooks for them, he does all these things, and he has conversations with them. And basically these angels are on their way to go to Sodom and Gomorrah to s destroy it. This is happening in that, in that context. And he starts talking to them about it. Like God starts talking to him. It's so strange when you read it. But basically God's like, I'm going to go and destroy it. Because the evil of Sodom and Gomorrah is too much. And, they're like, and he starts pleading with God. He's like, hey, hold on, hold on. You're going to kill all of them? He's like, what if you find 50 people? And he was like, for 50 people, I won't destroy it. And he's like, really? And then he goes, how about 45 people? I kid you not. This is in the Bible. Okay. He goes, okay, 45 people. Hey, so how about 30 people? 30 people. Will you still destroy it? No, nah, I won't do it. 20 people. He keeps on going till 10. He's like, if 10 people are good there, I won't destroy it. And we know he destroys it. But the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, what we don't realize is the way they treated and mistreated other people. When you read the story, that when these people, these angels, these three men, they go in to Sodom and Gomorrah, the first thing the people want to do is mistreat them. Because the cries of those people in that, in that space was so much because their hatred or their mistreatment of other people. And see, friends, you know what's so scary? We, as the church in America, have the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. Like we mistreat other people. All day long. And we do it in Jesus' name. We do it with a, with a, uh, with a particular m morality. We do it with an issue. We do it with all kinds of reasons why. Why we should not love. Why we should not be in relationships. We, why we should mistreat people. We do it all the time. But Abraham was this guy who understood hospitality. Knowing that it was very spiritual. And he was a guy who pleaded for other people. You know, when I go to conferences, I talk about multi-ethic churches and things like that. I talk about you guys. And people are like, okay, so tell me about your church and what, what do we do? What, why, why do you guys do this? And what's the heart behind it? And my talk for a couple of years has been basically this, okay? Is that I tell people that at Mosaic, we are moving away from, in a sense, from the mind of Moses to the heart of Abraham. And they're like, what, what, is that? what does that mean? And I'm like, okay, so the, the mind of Moses is a lot of Christian leadership stuff. And Christian leadership stuff comes from Moses. Moses was the guy who went to Pharaoh. Remember that, right? He went to Pharaoh and pleaded for his people. He was like, yo, yo, let my people go, right? 
I think that's a quote right there. That's, that's legit. Yo, yo, let my people go. That's a thing. That's literally what it says in the Bible. Not true. But he does that. You guys know that. And what does he say? He said, let my people go. Let what? Who people? My people go. My people. My people. And so what has happened is that this my people syndrome has stuck and sneaked into the church and sneaked into our communities where it's our people, our people, our people, our people. And so churches are clubs. It's our people. It's us versus them. It's my church, not your church. It's, it's, it's just us, 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 us. And God is disgusted by it. And he's saying, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. The heart of Abraham is, I plead for people who are not my people. So what would that do? See, that's why, that's why you and I feel this love when, 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 when we walk into a place and someone takes care of a particular need that no one else knew, but they knew and they took care of it. They were thinking of you. You see, that is what fuels the, whole, the human spirit. When someone else is what? Thinking of you. Other people thinking of you. It is highly spiritual. So what, is, what does Abraham do? Remember, well, let's, let's just break this down a little bit, right? So uh, God shows up. These people show up, right? And it's as uh, he saw, he, he, was, he was, first of all, he was actually sitting at the entrance of his tent. We know it was a hot day. He was basically sitting it implies in his favorite place. He was super comfortable. Have you ever, have you ever like a favorite couch, favorite space? You're like, this is my space. Don't mess. I just need to be here. I just need, I have a chair like that. I'm like, I'm in this chair. Don't bug me. I'm in this chair. I'm focused here. Get out of my seat. You know what I'm saying? It's like, cat, I'm going to get, why is this cat here? Like what, what, what's happening here, right? He was comfortable. I think what God's trying to tell us here is that when God wants you to be um, hospitable, it's when you are the most comfortable. You're comfortable in your life. You're comfortable in your season. You're just comfortable. And, and hospitality challenges you uh, to, to be gracious and generous when you're most comfortable. Hey, I don't want to do this because I'm going to make myself uncomfortable. Hospitality says, hey, I'm going to be in this relationship and I'm not worried about my comfort. He was comfortable. But then what happened? He also saw the need. He saw what was happening. If you ever go to a place and you, like any uh, establishment, uh, um, and you get poor service, right, you can basically kind of chalk it up to the employees just have other things on their mind. Like, have you ever walked into a place or checked into a hotel or something, and the person behind the desk could not be bothered? They don't even look up. You're like, uh, hello? Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Have you ever got to a point where you're like, you're there so long, you're like, I, can I bother you? Like, have you ever got to a place that you're, you're now like, are you not supposed to, can I do my, your job for me? Like, can I? Can I, should I do this? Can I, can I take the order? Can I go? I'll make the food because we've been here for 10 hours. Like, I'll just do it. Right? You, you know when people can just not be bothered. You know when other people, though, see the need and meet it. They see the need and they meet it. And Mosaic, we talk about how, like, details do matter because it's not the devil who's in the details. It's God. 
God's in the details because God's a God who shows up uniquely in your life and says something to your soul that no one else will understand. He gets in there. He does soul surgery in a sense. And he says, hey, this is what I want you to know. This, he gets so particular. If you ever had a moment with God that, like, that blows your mind or if you're waiting for a moment with God, it's going to be, let me just tell you, it's going to be not grand. It's going to be personal. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be just for what? You. Just for you. Tailor-made for you. Some of us have seen that. We've had moments in our life and God said, you set this up just for me. I needed this. This moment is for me. This word is for me. Man, just how, man, you know, you know me. That's why we sing songs about that. You see, Abraham was the God who was a guy who was so comfortable where he was, but then he saw that it was the hottest time and these men were there and he just ran. He went to meet the need. See, I, I wonder, because I'm challenged by this message. I'm like, do I run to meet needs? Or do I stroll? Right? Or do I moonwalk away from needs? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever done that? You're like, oh, I don't want to be in part of this. I don't want to do that. Right? It's too complicated. I can't, I can't, I can't. It's too messy. Ah, I don't know. Or do we run to needs? See, what does a church look like? <laughs> what, do, what, what does the church look like that continues to run away from suffering instead of run towards it to heal? Like, how does the whole idea of when Jesus said, hey, the, and, and I'll build my church and this church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If we're not running, basically he's implying that this church, that the, the gates of hell will not prevail against he's, he's, he's saying that the church is banging on the gates to get in there to rescue people. What? No, 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 the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are called to move towards suffering and pain and need because we have our people who are um, man, loved by God. And if maybe you're not there this morning, you're like, I'm, I'm still figuring this out. I just want you to know that once you are there in a relationship, there is a supernatural spirit that lives inside of you. And that spirit allows you to know, feel, and do things that you could never do on your own. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how God calls you and me to a life that is impossible. Religion says, and religion calls you to a life that's very possible. But God says, I want you to step into supernatural moments. And it starts with us being okay with being uncomfortable, seeing a need, and then running towards it. That's what hospitality is. And then what happens here? And he, ran, he saw the need and he ran to meet that need. And here's, here's what's interesting. What's interesting about this is that, I mean, he did it all the time. Abraham continued to do this all the time. What would it look like for us to do that? How will our relationships change? What would it look like if today you went, you know what, I'm going to think of myself less. I, I, I'm going to do that. 
I'm going to think of other people more. What would, it, what would this afternoon look like? Or what would next week look like? What would that board meeting look like? What would that team meeting look like? What would that Zoom meeting look like? How would your life change? See, I think you'd grow spiritually because you've tapped into this idea that sometimes you can, in fact, host angels. That sometimes God just puts people by you. That sometimes it says, oh, it's actually God. Do you know that in Scripture that Jesus says at the end of days, There'll be people who say, God, we, we did so many things in your name. We, did, we all did all these amazing things. And he says to them, he's like, hey, so when I was in prison, you didn't visit me. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was, he lists all the needs. He said, when I was in need, you didn't show up. And they said, when were you ever in need? And there is the point. Because if we don't move out of ourselves, we can never really see invisible things, invisible needs that people have. And notice that there's, there's a need there we need to meet. You and I will never move into actually being uh, able to see other people, really see other people, unless we're willing to move out of our space and see supernatural things. Could God be working in your family, in your work right now? Is the person that annoys the junk out of you a person that God says, I need you to treat them a particular way? Because if you mistreat them, they'll think that's how I treat them. Did you hear that? See, the reason why if you say Christianity or, you know, Christians, people are like, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure about, about them. Well, the reason why some of us hesitate to actually say that we're Christians is because we have a reputation of mistreating people. But, man, what? And so when... People see that. Listen, listen, they think God treats them that way. You and I are proof, proof that God loves people. And if you and I don't embrace that, then we'll miss everything. The way you interact with people, the way you take care of people's needs, the way you serve other people represents God. See, that's why. Some people have lost their faith, moved away from anything spiritual because they've never seen God in us. They've never seen God walking around. They've never seen and felt his kindness. We are God's kindness. We are God's grace. We are God's acceptance. We are, we are God's hospitality. We are God's generosity walking around in this world, my friends. And if we miss this, when it comes to being with each other and in this world, we'll miss the whole point. I was talking to a couple just the other day, and they were talking about just, you know, COVID and what COVID has brought in, uh, because it's brought in a lot of things, especially in terms of coming to church. There are people who are not back. I mean, we used to do so many more services here, uh, packed house, all that, two campuses, and all over the U.S. there are people, the churches, they're not packed anymore. 
They've dropped services. It's, we, it feels like we're still rebuilding. Like some people are just not coming back. And I just happened to talk to a couple. And they were like, you know what? I don't think we'll ever come back. And uh, I'll watch online. And that's, that's great. I'll watch online. But I don't, I, don't, I'm, 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 I don't have any health issues. I, just don't, I don't know. If, we've just started some new routines on Sunday mornings. And we're just doing those. That's what we're doing. And uh, that's how we do it. And, we, you know, we, we love you. We love you. And, and we support you financially and all that. And I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. But, you know, we just don't, we just don't need to come in person at church. And I, get, I, said, I said, you're right. You're absolutely right. You don't need it. But what if someone else needs your presence? I said, I said what if... God is saying, yeah, that's the point of going to church. It's not for you. You are the church and you're here for the world. Like that's the whole point. And I was like, listen, I don't need your attendance, but I need your presence. Because someone in this morning, someone in your interactions needs a hug, a look in the eye, a hello, or maybe a a, a, a God word deposited in their soul. And if you're not there, what, what are we missing? Friends, what if we understood that? You know, what if we understood that? That would change everything. You'd go to a party and not be like, hey, party start, I'm here. Which is usually my case. Okay, I'm like, yeah, hello, party's here. All right? What if I walked into a place and I went, okay, who? Who God? Who am I here to serve? Who am, I spe- how, who am I supposed to uh, uh, tra- uh, like interpret you to? Uh, what messages? What, what do I need to do? Friends, it would change the game. And, and I'll tell you what. It'll change your relationship as well. So I want to pray for us. I know this has been very challenging, I think. But at the end of the day, we can either pretend, we can either pretend to be Christians or we can actually be Christ-like. All right. All right, let's pray together. Would you stand? God, we uh, come before you. And God, I thank you for this conversation. I thank you for this amazing group of people, God. This mosaic group of people who, who find themselves, God, in a new relationship with you. Who find themselves, God, up for the challenge to be people who are different. And Father, I I thank you that in the middle of this world that we live in, in challenging times where everything is pluralized and uh, and everybody has are taking sides, God, every every issue is a big thing. That God, we can be a people who can show the world, God, starting here, what it means to be with each other, what it means to love each other, to accept each other, to truly truly invite people in to be to, to have to be so inclusive that it seems it's, it's, it, it, it's, it seems awkward it seems unnatural even it, to be so gracious God that it seems like we're letting off people to be so loving that sometimes it just feel, feels like it's 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 not it's more But yet, God, when I think of generosity, acceptance, when I think of you including us, and I think of love, I think that your love is all of those things. 
it doesn't make any sense. It's irrational. So God, I pray that we would be a church that learns the lesson, God, of being with each other. That God, that we would learn, God, that hospitality is connected to our spirituality because it's connected to serving other people, to be focused on other people. God, I pray that for some of us who are struggling right now in a season of grief, of, of loneliness, in a season, Lord God, of, of just torment, confusion, not knowing what the next step is, maybe a season of uncertainty as they move towards another, another part of their lives. God, I pray that we would be a people who would lean into your power, would lean into the challenge on of really thinking about others, what that means. God, you've thought about us and we are so other than you. I pray we would do the same. God, help us be, be the church that reclaims the message the beautiful message and the movement of Jesus. God, we love you. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.